Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Today on the show, I will be joined by former NFL wide receiver Jericho Cotri. Played for the Steelers, Panthers, and Jets. Last couple of years, he was an assistant coach with the Carolina Panthers, and we'll ask him all about that. He is an awesome, awesome guy, and you will love this interview, and just a, a, a humble guy. I'll talk more about that at the end of the show, uh, so stick around for some follow-up and some big takeaways from this conversation, and he, he talked about the, the, the word contentment and being content, and, and so I'll unpack that a little bit further at the end of the show as well. But before we hear from Jericho, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com, know your options, healthmarketgenius.com, support them as they support us. Also, want to encourage you to check out our website, unpackingit.com. You'll find our Unpack This devotional. Uh, you'll also find the Fantasy Football Fellowship details, and you'll see videos and links to our, our podcast and ways to subscribe. And so check that out, unpackingit.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, we hope you'll subscribe. And as a loyal listener, we hope that you'll share this episode and share the show uh, with your network and friends. And, and let's continue to, uh, to let people know uh, about unpacking it. And we just hope that this will continue to encourage, challenge, and inspire sports fans to follow Jesus and become more like him. And so today, thrilled to welcome Jericho back on the show. He's joined us twice in years past. We talked with him when he was playing for the Steelers, when he was still a player with the Panthers. And so excited to jump in. Here we go. Jericho Cotri. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on Unpacking It is former NFL wide receiver Jericho Cotri. He was drafted in 2004 by the New York Jets after, his play, after playing his college football at NC State. He spent seven seasons with the Jets, then three in Pittsburgh and two with Carolina. He also was an assistant coach with the Panthers for the last three seasons. He and his wife, Mercedes, have five children. We're thrilled to have Jericho back on the show. Jericho, thanks for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk football and, and, and faith and, and life today, and, and we've got to start just kind of 
talking about 2020 because it's been a wild year for everyone. And, and so how have you and your family been doing and, and how have things uh, affected you guys? Uh, we, we've been doing well as a family. Um, you know, certainly, you know, the COVID uh, situation has affected everybody, but um, we, we've been doing well. We are, you know, a homeschooling family and we've been such for, you know, the past decade. Uh, so, you know, that, that home transition, I guess that lockdown, if you will, uh, we, we've kind of been well acquainted with that and, and, and how that routine works. Uh, and so, uh, by God's grace, we, we've been able to transition well with, with uh, all of the lockdowns and, you know, the restrictions that, that we've had this year. So, but we, we've, we've been doing well. My children are doing well. You know, we're just, we're just thankful for, for you know, that, that to be the case right now. Yeah, that, that that's awesome and, and encouraging to hear. And and I think for our, our listeners today that are navigating what it's like having kids at home and trying to balance school and, and work and, and all that sort of thing, what what has you and your wife, what's that experience been like homeschooling for 10 years? What what have you kind of learned a, a, about that that setup and, and, and how has it been uh, a benefit to your family through, through, throughout the years? Well, yeah. Well, well, my wife has, you know, she's ran that, that ship, you know, for, for this past decade. And uh, she's, you know, she's been steadfast and, you know, making sure she's, you know, dedicating, her, dedicating herself to drawing out, you know, every ounce of talent, gifts, and abilities that our kids have uh, in them, you know, to, to help them discover those things, you know, that the Lord has blessed them with. And, um, you know, she's done a remarkable job, you know. And so during this time uh, right now, that's been my primary focus is, has always been to, to shepherd my family, but uh, just being more involved in, in that end of it, assisting my wife where I can, you know, also not only in the homeschooling, but also with her store, her furniture store that she has in Fletcher up near Asheville. Hmm. And so uh, it's just been a blessing to be able to, to help her out, you know, and give her a little freedom to, to do some other things and, uh, and have me step in and, uh, you know, have the kids, you know, uh, hear, hear a different voice every now and then, and, <laughs> um, you know, just continue, continue their, uh, their development. That that's awesome. Well, I was actually joking with my wife the other day. We have a, a one-year-old and, and so we're not in the teaching mode yet as far as school goes but we were thinking about what subjects we're going to struggle with with the kids which one for you is the the, the tough subject you go oh I, I better google that one i'm not sure about that yeah, yeah math, math. <laughs> yeah i don't uh yeah i don't mess with math you know <laughs> i hear you and I, I don't mess with it. my wife you know she wakes up doing that you know she she graduated from NC State in chemistry. Oh, and wow. uh, you know, all, all she thinks about is you know solving problems. You know, so uh, I tell her to have at it. You know, and hopefully she doesn't leave me with any task. You know, uh, <laughs> concerning concerning that subject. You know, <laughs> she's already done that a lot this year. Uh-oh. Uh But but it, it's been good. I like the challenge. I like the challenges uh, that it presents. But but math is 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 is, is her lane. You know. All of the subjects she does a great job at, but uh, you know I, I prefer not to 
too too major in in, in math. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm right there with you for sure. Well, well, so you, you mentioned with with her getting a, a degree in chemistry, and then now she has a, a furniture store. So, I, what was that connection, and, and how did she end up uh, figuring that, that that was the, the the way she wanted to go with with uh, the furniture route? Well, she's moved a bunch of times, you know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know, her, her, that was in the military, you know, to begin with, you know. So my wife was born in Bermuda. Uh, she spent time in uh, Georgia, Virginia, and then those last 12 years before she went to NC State in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. And then once we, you know, once I got drafted to the Jets, you know, we lived on Long Island and the team moved to New Jersey. Mm. And then I left New Jersey and I played for Pittsburgh and then I played for Carolina. So, you know, we have a bunch of moves on her resume. You know, when we first got to Pittsburgh, she decorated that house uh, without even, you know, stepping foot in uh, Pittsburgh, you know. So oh, wow. uh, she has some she has some experience with, you know, decorating homes and, and just trying to make homes, you know, feel like homes, you know, uh, when you go in them. You know, she did a great job of doing that. You know, when I went to, you know, Pittsburgh and then when I came here to Carolina that, you know, when I had a break in training camp, I was able to go to a place and it feel like home, you know, instead of going into a hotel. Yeah. I mean, she was unbelievable with all of that. And so she she's hit the ground running with her furniture store, uh, Design Avenue Home Furnishings, and um, I'm excited for her. Oh, that's that's neat, and and for her to yeah find something she's she's passionate and, and skilled with, and to find that that sweet spot that, that's cool. That's a it's a unique uh, unique skill set, and and when you have it, yeah, you, at least you as a husband get the benefit from it too. So that's nice. Well, let, let's talk about kind of the the last couple of years for you and, and getting into coaching and and working with wide receivers for for the Carolina Panthers uh, under the, the the Ron Rivera. Regime and and of course, of course, Coach Rivera uh, no longer with the Panthers, and so you're you're no longer with the the team either right now. And and so as you look back though, making that transition from playing to coaching, what did you learn about the coaching profession, and and what did you even learn about yourself through that through that process and through that experience? Well, I felt like the transition was pretty smooth. You know, uh, first I, I definitely. Take the time out. Coach Rivera was unbelievable in, in, in helping out in that transition and, and even reaching out to me uh, to see if I was interested in the opportunity to coach uh, uh, with Carolina. And so, you know, I'll be forever uh, grateful to him for, for that opportunity. I felt like the transition was smooth. Um, that's that's kind of how I operated as a player, you know, just really helping guys along, uh, teaching them, you know, the, the ropes, if you will, and um, – you know, just really talking to them about fundamentals and you know, routines, the transition into the NFL as receivers and things of that nature. And so it all felt kind of natural to me. Uh, obviously, there are different things that you have to learn when it comes to a coach. You're, you're, uh, there, there isn't any playing. <laughs> you know, you're not stepping on the field at any point. You know, so uh, you're, you're doing a lot of teaching. You're doing a lot of coaching and. And every day, uh, there there are different challenges that you have to, you know, be prepared for, you know, to get the best out of the guys. And so the coaches that I worked with, they were unbelievable, and being able to model to model that uh, for me, and uh, I learned a lot from from the guys that I worked for in the past three years. Wow, that that's excellent, and and some great young wide receivers, uh, DJ Moore and, and Curtis Samuel, and. 
and, and helping them uh, develop. And so heading into this season, just curious your your thoughts on kind of you know where where you left off with them, and I, I assume you you keep some. Uh, in touch with them uh, moving forward, but but how do you feel just about their kind of trajectory moving forward in their young careers? Well, I think they're headed in the right direction. Um, DJ has he has continued his growth, you know, um, you know from from what I hear and, and what I see, you know, highlight wise, um, you know, in, in his training camp, you know, he worked he worked at it, you know, as a rookie, and uh, he continued to work at it last year and he saw the benefits of putting in the work and how he was showing up for him you know if he wouldn't have uh, missed uh, the better part of those last two games you're looking at a guy that's you know touching 1400 yards you mm-hmm. know receiving and so uh, i mean he has i mean the sky's the limit for him and the same thing with curtis um it, it's just you know the work that he's put in the guy was predominantly a running back in college mm-hmm. and the work that he's put in to to make himself uh, a force to be reckoned with, you know, with guys trying to guard him. I mean, it's it's, it's a testament to, you know, his his work ethic, his work ethic, and his mindset. And so I'm excited to see those guys continue to climb this year. Ah, oh, that that's excellent. And uh, just as far as coaching and 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 even moving forward, it's interesting to me because sometimes uh, former players will coach the same position that they play, but then other times. Uh, they'll maybe make a transition to another position or a coordinator or that, that type of thing for, for you. Did you find that, that coaching receivers is where you're best suited or, or what did you learn from, from that regard in, in just kind of looking at a, 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 you know, a career in coaching? Well, yeah, I mean, ideally you, you want to coach the receiver's position. Uh, That's a bulk of my life, you know, was spent playing that position, studying that position, you know, guys throughout history, guys, my, my peers during the time I was in the league as a receiver. And so ideally, yeah, you know, but, you know, down the road, if if, if it happens so where, um, you know, the coaching another position is on the table, yeah, that, that, would, that, would be, that would be fine with me. But ideally, you know, this is a position that I'm familiar with and uh, feel like I can help guys transition uh, really well into that position and develop you know, and to be in uh, good players and contributors to their team. Absolutely. And and you, you spent 12 years as a player in the NFL. And uh, I was reading one article that, that you were talking about, you know, one of the keys to, to playing that long, and, and that was listening to veterans, especially as a, a young player. And I would love to hear you maybe talk a little bit about that key. But then, you know, what, what other keys were there to – a long career, and I can imagine those are the types of things you're you're sharing, you know, with young players that that, that you've been coaching. Yeah, the vets, you know, the players, the guys that that, that you're in the locker room with, you know, on a day to day basis, the guys that you have in your room, they they're instrumental in your development. Uh, coming into the league, I had, you know, Santana Moss, uh, Wayne Corbett, Justin McCarris. Those were the, the top three guys in our room, and they were all veteran guys that worked extremely hard. They were extremely smart. You know, they they knew how to get open. They understood what we were doing as an offense. And then the very next year, Lavernius Coles came in as mm. you know the Jets traded Santana Moss to um, the Redskins, uh, or Washington Football Team, and um, and Lavernius picked right up. He he took me under his wings and and um, just taught me the ropes. And so I learned. I owe a great I owe a great deal to him uh, because he. 
I mean, he, he didn't have to go out of his way to help me. They're also a great coach. You have to have good coaches, you know, and so I had that as well. Jim Hosler was my coach as a rookie. I coached with him last year <laughs> uh, oh, under him. Yeah. And um, and Kelp Hamilton was my uh, receivers coach the second year. And then I had my offensive coordinator, Noah Mazzoni, uh, as my coach also uh, with the Jets uh, for, you know, three years. And then um, Harry Ellert, a longtime vet in the league, um, a guy that put up incredible numbers throughout his playing career, coached me as well. And so Richard Mann, Scotty Montgomery, all of those guys played a, a big role in, in my development. And obviously you got to put in the work, you know, apply what they're teaching and, and, and really take it seriously. You know, you're a professional, you're a professional. And so you have to cultivate, you know, what you have to cultivate and really work at your craft. Absolutely. And, and 12, 12 years. And, and yeah, a lot of people factor into that and, and helped you along the way. And so that's, that's cool to hear some of those, some of those names. And, and then of course, uh, just thinking about to your, your coaching career and, and at the moment, not sure necessarily where, where you'll coach next. And, and so I'm curious because I, I know we've had you on the show before your, your faith is so important to you and, and you cling to the Lord. And so, uh, not to mention 2020 has just been such a tough year for for everybody but but even for you now with you know the the the, the change and and what you're used to being with the Panthers and and no longer with the, the team what has God been teaching you through this this season of life and and what are what are some things that have been just on your your heart that that you can maybe share today that could be an encouragement to uh to those listening that that are going through you know their own uncertainty transition change and, and and challenges as well well um i've learned in whatever situation i am to be content you mm. know um uh, you know ecclesiastes seven fourteen was something i adopted as a player you know in the day of prosperity be joyful and in the day of adversity remember this that god has made the one as well as the other that man may not find out what comes after him. You know, we're called to trust God in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. And uh, coaching, I want to coach, and I was desiring to coach. I went through that process, prayed earnestly about it. It didn't, nothing nothing came about from it on that end. And so on my end, I can be content. I can be confident. I can find joy, and this is what God has brought about. And this is where the Lord uh, desires to have me right here and right now. And I've seen uh, the fruit of that this year. And so I'm extremely thankful for it, uh, knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, we're put, we're put here to glorify God. And, and as I look to what God has done in Christ on my behalf, on my behalf uh, I can be confident that I'm here to preach the gospel and I'm here to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, and wherever the Lord has me, that's 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 what I will do by His grace. Amen, amen. What a, what a tremendous uh, perspective, and and along those lines too. You know, preaching the gospel, and and it, it begins in our homes, and and preaching that, and and representing that, and living that out with with our kids, and and so you being a father of, of five, and 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 now even being home a, a little bit more often. Uh, what's maybe the, the the season of life that you find yourself in as a as a dad right now, and and is there a a, a big challenge that that you're facing even as a, a dad in this season where maybe God is 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 teaching you something 
through that 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 maybe a, a dad listening today could could again be be encouraged or inspired uh, by something that you're learning. Well, I just just more and more opportunities to serve my family uh, in different areas, you know. And so, you know, just thankful for that. Um, but you know, when it comes to the discipleship part, teaching my children scripture, that also that that always has been the main focus, no matter what the job was that, that I found myself in, uh, whether I do that in early mornings or you know, late nights with them, with my family, family worship time uh, has always been something that, that uh, is at the center uh, of our home. And so uh, the opportunities that I have right now, like I said, in, in the homeschooling part of it is just really, you know, just sharing that more as, as we educate them in history, as we educate them in geography and whatever it may be, reading or writing, uh, how to view that through a biblical lens. And, um, uh, and so that's been that's been a blessing. That's been a huge blessing for me. Um, it's been a huge blessing to be able to serve my family and and, and whatever capacity that presents itself. And so uh, that's just that opportunity to serve more has has been has been good for me. Yeah. Oh, what a what a great opportunity. And and you mentioned family worship time, and I know for many the last few months that that's been the the default as far as even sunday mornings where churches are are virtual and and families are you know dependent on on figuring out something different than the normal routine of of going to a church uh but but what what does that experience look like for the 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 cotchery family and 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 it sounds like family worship time is is a little bit more intentional and regular maybe even beyond a, a a sunday morning so what what does that look like for you guys well, we, we go every night, uh, every night, uh, seven days a week um, after dinner. Uh, that's, cool. that's where we go. Uh, as a church right now, my church, Crossway Community Church, up here in North Charlotte, uh, we are practicing, you know, the social distancing, um, you know, restrictions that we have. Um, and so we have two services. And so, you know, seating is spread out and uh, we're able to attend on Sundays. And so... We're able to do that, uh, worship with our brothers and sisters in Christ on Sundays. We are also able to meet as community groups and uh, still practice those same social uh, distancing rules that we have. And uh, that's, that's, that's just been great, great for us as a church and uh, great for my family as well. Yeah, and I, I think when, when people hear, oh, wow, you're able to do family worship time after dinner, and, and I know thoughts come to, to people's minds of, the, the craziness of, of dinner and, and everybody going their separate ways to get things done or, or whatever. How have you been able to implement that and, and the consistency of that and the expectation that, that even your kids now have that that's, that's part of the, the, the family routine? Yeah, well, you, you have to keep it simple. Uh, when it becomes complicated, you, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to uh, you know, create any consistency whatsoever with it, you know, so... We keep it simple. We don't. Uh, we do memory verses. My wife creates a song with the memory verses, and so the kids are able to take it in a week. You know, memorize what you know all of the verses that that we have before them. You know, pretty quickly because my wife put them into a song format. And um, you know, we do a catechism question, and uh, we also do um, you know a passage of scripture, and you know, sing, and we're done. You know, fifteen minutes maybe. Yeah. Um, it may it may go a little longer if you know questions are 
uh, are there. But if it goes longer, that's you know that's that that means that you know the kids are engaged and asking questions and which they always do. And so we're we're, we're thankful for that. Oh, that's that's awesome. I'm I'm I've got a one year old, so we're we're not quite there yet. But I, I like hearing about that and and knowing, uh, yeah, just a way to set it up and and like you say, keep it keep it simple. So that's that's cool to hear. That's that's really encouraging. And and, and speaking of family too, and and if, if people know know anything about you and and you're you're willing to you know share the the fact that a couple of your kids are actually adopted and and so a big supporter of. Uh, adoption and and I, it, I'm very much in support of it as well and and love uh, the opportunity that, that that families take advantage of with that and and just the the beautiful picture that it is of of God's love and adoption of, of us as well but but just wanted to kind of throw that out there to you to maybe uh, share with listeners your experience with the adoption process and and maybe even uh, stir in someone's heart. Ultimately, God will stir in their hearts, but but put it on someone's heart today to uh, just be open to that that possibility. And and so maybe maybe there's something that you could uh, just share in in that regard today. When my wife and I decided to to grow our family, we we were going through a process that that we, you know, my my wife just didn't feel comfortable with, um, and she she came to me with this idea of adoption. I you know I wasn't aware of adoption and. And to be quite frank, um, I, I was against it, mm. you know, uh, mm. because I didn't know whether or not, you know, I, I just didn't understand it at all. The foolish comment I made was, you know, how can I love a child that's not my own, right? Mm. And then my my wife said, uh, she said, do you love me? <laughs> wow. You know, and she said, I'm, I'm not your blood, you know. Um, wow. But through marriage, she is my closest to kin. Mm. She is the closest to me, you know, and so just that, that, that conversation there, you know, planted a, a, a huge seed <laughs> in me and uh, we went to a conference and the, the, the sermon wasn't about adoption. Uh, it was just mentioned in passing. And uh, I just left that conference uh, and back at the end of that conference. Uh, I just, you know, said, you know, this is what I want to do. You know, uh, before before I said this is what I want to do, I asked the Lord. I said, "What would you have me do?" Mm. And that that became clear. You know, uh, and so I give credit to my wife. Uh, obviously, it is the Spirit working in me to change my heart, um, and the grace of God. You know, standing through His Son Jesus Christ to to make me aware of it because I didn't understand the gospel right enough to to even understand adoption right. You know, and so. Um, this is what happens when we repent and believe in Jesus Christ. We are adopted into the family of God. Mm. And I, I love making this statement when I'm speaking, you know, at, at adoption events, those who are in the crowd, those who, you know, hear us even now, um, if you have repented and believed in Jesus Christ, you are closer to me than a sibling or a family member that I have that has not repented and believed in Jesus. And, and at all, and at always, you know, I, I love looking at the faces, you know, because it, <laughs> it makes you think, you know, this yep. is what we have in Christ. This is the unity that we have. We are in the same household. And so, um, powerful. This picture of adoption that you, uh, it, it's so beautiful, you know, and I will encourage anyone you know, to, to think about our adoption in Christ and then 
if if God has put it on your heart to pursue this, go ahead, pursue mm. it, pursue it. This is this is a beautiful um, road to walk down. Everything isn't easy. Raising kids isn't easy. Mm. You, you know, and not none of it is easy, uh, but it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Amen, amen, man. That's that's powerful, and I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, and thankful that that you do speak on it and and, and share that that wonderful uh, perspective and message. So it's uh, yeah, well, well, it's it's it, people need to hear it because it's it's not always uh, yeah. To to your point of what you thought initially, I think that, that's other people's thoughts as well. So uh, we got to change kind of the the perspective on that and just just have an open heart and and if God does put it on our hearts to uh, to be obedient uh, to to take the steps. So uh, so that's that's yeah. awesome. Well, well, man. I guess final final thought as we uh, as we wrap things up today uh, with the upcoming NFL season. I mean, it's quickly approaching. It's been so weird without preseason. I guess one question is, what have you thought without preseason? And then second, uh, just not being on a sideline this season. What will your approach be to keeping up with the league and and continuing to to stay sharp as a as a you know a future coach and and wanting to get back on a on an NFL sideline. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that question. Uh, it, it, you know, it's been weird without the preseason games. I've uh, been really thirsty for football. <laughs> yep, yep, me too. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know um, but before it all, you know, I was a fan of football. And so, you know, growing up in Birmingham, Alabama, I am a fan. You know, when, when you come out, they ask you whether or not you, you know, when you're first born, are you an Alabama fan or an Auburn fan before they, you know, uh. pop your bottom to see if you're going to cry, you know? <laughs> You know, uh, so football, I love it. I love it. You know, uh, the desire to coach, you know, always, you know, looking for opportunities for professional development. have been doing that throughout the summer. Oh, good. Um, to stay sharp, you know. So the teaching aspect of it, uh, homeschooling helps in that as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and so um, the film study and studying the things that, you know, I've done with the Panthers and other teams in the past, uh, that keeps you sharp as well. But, I will be in front of the tube watching the games each and every week, hearing what the coaches are saying. Uh, I, I watch a ton of interviews, so I, I watch, you know, press conferences and hear what the coaches are talking about. Uh, I'm not sure if that's uh, a practice of, of, you know, other coaches or not, but uh, that's that's what I like to do, you know, to kind of hear what they're talking about, the new things that are, that are circulating in the league. And so um, I, I'm, I'm going to be in it. I'm gonna be in it all the way, you know. I'll be watching every game. I have my package ready, and uh, I'll be watching it just like a fan, like any other fan. I, I love that. Well, and, and you were talking about your your wife and setting up the home and all that. Well, what's your man cave situation and your your TV setup like? Yeah, I got a nice little game room that you know uh, set up pretty well. That my wife set up. Okay, yep, nice, nice. <laughs> she she put she. She put pictures up of me that I, you know, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have, you know. But uh, we, we we will watch the game. My family loves football as well. My boys are excited about flag, you know, in the next couple of weeks doing that. So, uh, I mean, we, we love football in this household. Ah, uh, that's cool. Well, well, good stuff. Well, enjoy the, the season as a fan and uh, enjoy, yeah, watching the, the games with your kids. And so that, that'll be awesome. But, uh, but thanks for, for joining us today and, uh, keep up the, the the great work as a as a dad. It's encouraging to to hear. So uh, I appreciate you joining us here on unpacking it today. Oh man, thank you. Thanks for having me again. A- absolutely. There's Jericho Cotchery joining us here on unpacking it.
Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to unpack our conversation with Jericho Cotri. And hopefully you you listen to the Unpacking It podcast each week and and continue to enjoy the guests that we have on. And 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 for me to have another guy who's just so humble, it, it's just so refreshing. And and I, I hope that as a listener, you appreciate the the humility that that these guys have that, that come on this show to share their heart to to share you know this is real life as a dad and 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 you can just hear in his voice you know the the type of man that that he is and and these are genuine guys and they're not perfect they don't have it all together but they're they're putting God first and they're family guys and um I, I know for me th- that's what I desire as well and so I, I'm encouraged. When when I hear from someone like Jericho Cotri, and and so we'd love to know just your feedback, and and just as a listener, I always love to know, you know how how this is landing for you. So so shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. and and you know with, with somebody like Jer- Jericho, uh, soft spoken, you know not necessarily as high energy as as I am. Uh, and I'm, I'm loud and all that kind of thing. And so when, when you get a guest like that and you have to really, you know, pay attention and, and listen to what he's saying, and it may not be as, as loud or, or whatever, but the, the power and the, uh, depth of what he's saying is, is so good. And he may not be saying a, you know, a ton of words, but he, but what he is saying is thought out and, and heartfelt. And, and so I just appreciate that. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to share that as that was on my heart today. But as far as as a, a big takeaway, I think as fans, we don't spend much time or acknowledging acknowledging assistant coaches. You know, it's all about the head coach. And as NFL fans, that's kind of our main thought. And all right, who's coaching where? And oh, this guy's fired. Where's he going to go? But those staffs are deep. I mean, we're talking wide receiver coach, assistant wide receiver coach, linebackers, D-line, tight ends, you know, across the board. And those families get uprooted when a coach, a head coach gets fired. And oftentimes, the assistant coach can be awesome. He's doing a great job. And, and you think about Jericho Cotri, DJ Moore has, has really, last year, took a, took a big step forward. And now this year, he's even getting national attention, at least from the fantasy football world. He's going as a top 10-ish uh, wide receiver. And, and so uh, I think people expect Curtis Samuel to finally make the leap. And so, so anyway, a, a coach can be pouring into his players and his position and, and doing a great job. And on an NFL roster, there could be a couple real strong position groups. But a new head coach comes in, and he just wants all his guys, it's, it's guys that he has relationships with, and so he brings in a whole new staff. The, the other staff is out, and, and I'm not, I don't know the story with Kotri, whether he wanted to go to the, the Washington football team or whatever, but, uh, but regardless, just from a bigger picture standpoint, it, it's, it's tough for assistant coaches. 
especially when you're first starting out. And, and so I think as fans, it's just something to kind of take a step back and think about, especially when you look at the sidelines and so much focus is on the head coach and even the two coordinators or three coordinators with special teams that there are a lot of coaches making a big difference and a big impact. And they, they just haven't earned the reputation yet because they haven't been doing it enough. But, but I hope that, that Kotri uh, is able to uh, land somewhere. Uh, I know he was up for the, the Pittsburgh job as well. And, and so, you know, he mentioned that too from a, a spiritual standpoint. And, and that's a tough question to ask, you know. How, how is it? You're not a coach this year. But I appreciate his response and the word contentment, being content, and, and knowing that in any circumstance, as followers of Jesus, when we cling to Christ, we can be content. And Paul writes about that, and in, in any circumstance, he, he learned the secret, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, so we can, we can handle when we don't have much, we can handle when we have a lot, when we find our contentment, our strength, our hope in Christ. And, and so, uh, and, and Jericho used the word confident, joy uh, as well. And I think he even said the word thankful. So those are just, you know, buzzwords, but they're key. And when, you can, when we can live from that as, the, as our, our heart, you know, where our heart is at, uh, and, and to remain content in that we're not real disappointed, devastated, bummed out, and, and just so disheveled when things don't go our way, and then we get so arrogant and self-sufficient when things are going really well, that's not the answer either. It's just remaining content that our, our joy, our, our happiness, our peace isn't based on whether circumstances are good or bad. It's in who Christ is and who, who we are in Christ, the hope that we have in him, the strength that he gives us, and, and, and when we yield to his spirit, then we can live with joy and peace and confidence and, and recognize all that he's done for us, all that he's given us, and all that we will have for eternity gives us that heart of thankfulness. Gives us that heart of contentment, and so uh, so I appreciate Jericho's perspective on that. And then how cool with the the family worship time. It, it seems challenging, and and even thinking just growing up with I was one of three boys, and the idea of all of us sitting around after dinner uh, before everybody runs around, you know, doing what's next uh, was challenging. And and so I would like to implement that. You know, in my in my family, as as little Maddie grows up, and right now we put her to bed and then we eat dinner. So, uh, so anyway, if you if you if your family has done something similar, maybe after dinner or a couple nights a week or whatever it looks like, uh, we'd love to know your thoughts on that uh, family worship time. I remember another guest we had years ago, Tim Brown. Uh, I think he joined us last year, but I think we talked about it a couple years ago. Former NFL wide receiver uh, did a weekly family type gathering uh that was pretty cool um i think even extended family so we've got to we've got to be intentional about that that family time you know whether it's the immediate family pouring into our kids and then you know even extended family as well uh just that that special time it's 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 valuable so yeah great conversation and adoption i always love that message and and hopefully someone someone listening today uh hopefully a lot of people listening today uh, open their hearts and mind to that possibility because uh, it's, 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 it's a wonderful opportunity to explore. Uh, and if God's calling us to do it, 
again, we want to be obedient to that. That's today's show. I appreciate you listening. Again, shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. If you haven't subscribed to the email devotional, make sure you do that, unpackingit.com slash subscribe. Thanks to all of our monthly and, and regular donors and financial supporters. Uh, we're so grateful for you. Uh, if you'd like to support this podcast and support the ministry, uh, you can donate online, unpackingit.com slash donate, and we greatly appreciate your support so that we can continue to bring you these types of guests, guys that love God, that are humble, uh, that are loving their families well, and that can be an inspiration to, to each of us. So thanks to you as a listener. Thanks to Jericho Cotri, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Unpacking It podcast. And as always, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you again soon right here on Unpacking It. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.